Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This I actually find the creepiest part of the whole case, to be honest, is mm-hmm. that the young woman was asked to make a video after the alleged assault took place to say it was all consensual. It's almost turning the you know culture of consensuality on its head. It's like, oh, realizing maybe maybe we did something wrong here. Let's get her to say she was it was okay. Um, I you know that to me is, is the oddest thing. That was Tasha Carradin speaking on Toronto Today this morning with Greg Brady about. One of the concerning issues in this case of the five former uh, players there on the Canadian team, five hockey players from Canada's 2018 gold medal winning world junior team facing those charges. And Tasha speaking to one of the aspects that they'll probably use vigorously in their defense, that there is a video of um, of the young woman saying, yes, this was a consensual uh, engagement that occurred. And Natasha saying, well, hold on. People knew in the moment, like, oh, we, we got to say someone is consenting here because, well, maybe the fact they asked for the video indicates that there wasn't consent. So they pressure people into the consent video. All of these are, are questions and conversations that we are going to be having over the next couple of years. Yes, that's right. Couple of years, because this is a court case that is going to continue. The main thing that we learned from what happened today, the first hearing, is that the next hearing is going to be on April 30th. So still months away, and we see how long this proceeds. What we learned in court today was that there will be a publication ban on some aspects of this, and that there will be disclosure, meaning later on today, they're going to deliver over the files of what uh, the Crown has in this case, deliver that over to defense lawyers as things proceed here, in this case where People are going to be talking a lot about the particulars of this incident, but also talking about hockey culture and sports culture. We know that Hockey Canada has spent a total of $8.9 million on 21 sexual abuse settlements since 1989. Of that total, $7.6 million came from membership fees and investments generated by the National Equity Fund. $1.3 million came from its insurance although Hockey Canada has since announced it will no longer use funds for membership fees to settle sexual assault claims. And Hockey Canada is a group that cascades down. I have three small children in hockey. And while I look at it as it's a community thing, it's a local thing, I told you the rink's right across the street from my house, it's also still like we're in the feeder system of it all. So this is also like, you know, our day-to-day lives, our sort of family weekend events are integrated into the Hockey Canada system and somehow – these fees trickle down to you paying like a settlement, you know, hush money. I mean, what is this here? So yes, it's a case about people's lives and these particular details of what happened a number of years ago, but it's also a case of the culture around our national pastime. And this is a conversation that we will be having for the next couple of years. And we're having it right now today. Joined now by Dr. Jennifer Walinga, who is a retired professional rower who competed uh, in the 1980s and 1990s as a member of the National Rowing Team for Canada. Uh, Dr. Walinga won gold at the 1986 Commonwealth Games and the 1986 World Rowing Champion. She's also a researcher on culture and leadership through sport, a professor at Royal Roads University. Professor Walinga, good morning. Welcome to the program. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Clearly an issue where there's so many directions we can head in. So I want to put it to you first in a more open-ended question. We're going to have that sports culture conversation now related to these charges. Where do you think society should go with this conversation? Yeah, I mean, it's a terrible topic, but it's also a really productive topic for society. And I think uh, it's really important the way that you framed it. It is a social issue and it has human costs right across society. And sport sport is something that has the greatest reach in the in the world. Like we know that the, mo- the most uh, watched, the most participated in per human endeavor. Right. So it also has so much power to to influence how we do things. I think that's why I devote my life to researching it. But I, I think the most important thing that needs to change is this concept and what it raises is power balance. Uh, I talk a lot about it in the, the work that I do and the writing that I do. And you were discussing it earlier in the, in the show too around consent. Um, yeah, it all starts with power balance and how we achieve that. Well, when you say power imbalance, what do you specifically mean by it? I know what the phrase means, but what, what do you mean by it in terms of our sports culture? Yeah, well, if we start with consent, I actually have a lot of problems with the word and the concept of consent, because if you look at the situation uh, at the heart of the case, you have a young woman, even alone with one man in a room, uh, she's in a power imbalance situation. They're physically stronger, especially a strong athlete, but they're also socially stronger, right? We live in a patriarchal society where their opinions, their stature, their prowess, their positions are more valued than a woman's. And so she's right away, she's in a kind of weakened state or position. And now she's faced with maybe five to eight guys, depends. I don't know the the story, but five are being uh, charged. But her initial accusation was against eight, but seriously has, you know, a number of people, a number of young men are in the room with her now. So now she's even more weakened and then being pressured to uh, say that she did consent. She can she can never provide true consent. So she's uncomfortable, but afraid for her life or her safety. She's going to comply. Power imbalance makes everybody behave terribly. Those in power are going to behave uh, in a corrupt way. We know that. We've seen that over and over in in history. Uh, And those without the power are going to pander. They're going to comply. They're going to be conformist. They're going, or they're going to strike back in a rebellious state, but even that can be quite extreme as well. So it really puts everyone in a, a terrible position. If we trace that all the way through sport, you think of an athlete, if their coach is asking them to do something unsafe uh, or or criminal, you know, I want you to take the athlete out on that other team. Well, do they really have a choice? Do they really have a choice when their whole, their dreams, their passion, their love for their sport is in the hands of this individual that they're having to decide whether they say yes or no to. Um, yeah. So no matter what, there's this kind of power imbalanced. How far do we extend that idea, though, that uh, let's say a young woman who, who is an adult, 18 and plus, uh, is entering various different social circumstances? I get the idea that she may feel uh, lower status when around a professional athlete or, a, you know, an all-star, a celebrity or what have you. But uh, at some point, there's also the, the idea of an adult making a choice. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because especially in sport, I've argued very vehemently against that, that if a coach, no matter how old the athlete is, if a coach is, like if you think about the Kyle Beach situation, a coach or a trainer is threatening their 
um, their destiny, their future in the sport, the thing they love the most, the thing they've devoted their life to the most, that athlete, no matter how old they are, is vulnerable. And, and in a position where it's very difficult to reject or say no or leave, um, we have to understand that power balance isn't just about uh, being an adult. It's about the actual power that the person in authority holds over the other individual. Do you think these should be factored? Are you just talking about this culturally and socially? I take the points on all of that. Are you saying this should also Mm -hmm. be factored in legally? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it should. We should be talking about it way more and understanding it in these nuanced ways that what is the power that the person holds over this other individual and and factor that in, Um, especially but especially in sport. We, We don't think about these athletes in terms of, you know, it's emotional, right? They love Sport. They want to play hockey. And so a, a young man who may disagree with a hazing ritual, but is so afraid of being kind of excluded or, or shamed or booted out of their team or, and we've seen it, you know, people who've spoken out or rejected, they are the ones who end up getting kicked off the team rather than those who are guilty of some sort where, of... Where do we extend that to, though? And our guest is Dr. Jennifer Walinga, uh, former Olympian rower and a professor at Royal Roads University because the, you know, the, the, the coach, the other people in the infrastructure, mm-hmm. they feel immense pressure because there's lots of money riding on all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point are we, are we scapegoating people for their individual choices? Yeah, I think that's correct, too. And I think we are, everybody's in this kind of terrible position right now because... Um, we don't. We're not in implementing solutions to balance power across sport. Um, we there are lots of ways to do it. So rules and regulations. You know that you can't. A young man on a junior national team cannot have a young woman in their room, um, and sort of save themselves from themselves. You know. Would that and, be a rule that's coach. implemented by a league or a players' association? Like, I, let's yeah. say, let's say they're 21 years old. They're adults. How, how, do you, how do you actually bring that about? You're not allowed to basically have social time. You're not allowed to have private time. Well, I think while you're on the team or while you're competing, or I think you can definitely, it's just like field of play, right? You have rules around uh, the type of hit you can make in a, in a game. Or in a, rugby's brought this in really well, too, around concussion and injury. So why not regulate uh, while you're competing for the team? I certainly experienced that. You know, when you're at the Olympics, you have to behave a certain way. Uh, you're abiding by the rules of Olympism, of the t- national team for Canada. Like in uh, your personal time, to... you mean? There's rules as to what you can and can't sort of be doing? Absolutely. Hmm. You know, if you think about the Lochte case as well. Right. Um, so rules and regulations, and that would have prevented the beach situation where um, having the rule that, like the rule of two is how we describe it, but really that's about power balance and having representation so that an individual athlete isn't in a room with a couple of people of authority without any kind of power balancing mechanism or representative with them. Um, it's, there's also the idea of being just more transparent around criteria and expectations, making those more public. So if we think about um, coaches having power over athletes, if selection criteria is more transparent, then it's more in the hands of the athletes. It's more public their stats and their performance um, outcomes are also made public. We used to have that with our coach and it balanced the power. It made it more of a partnership model where the coaches and athletes are striving for excellence together, but in partnership.
Now, Professor, we've definitely seen greater attention and detail brought to these issues in recent years, post Me Too era or post, you know, other sort of high profile stories in sports that you've spoken about. Uh, You've been watching this unfold for, you know, decades, of course, since your professional Mm -hmm. career began in the 1980s. Would you say things are are changed quite a lot for the better? Because at least more discussion uh, and more more rules and procedure has been introduced. How, How would you summarize how things have changed in recent years? Yeah, I mean, if we think about safety, that's really changed, right? I mean, I think still in hockey, we see the fighting, which doesn't happen in other sports and tolerated in the same way in other sports. But um, at least hits are treated more seriously, right? Uh, we see it in rugby as well. They're real actual world leaders around this. They're also world, world leaders around uh, abuse of officials. Um, so I think that's really advanced, but I still think the ethical piece is isn't uh, as understood and we aren't being as transparent and accountable as we should be. So I think about the, the fact of this hush fund, right? And the decision-making by that board, I'm really focusing on governance right now because I think that is a real gap in our sports system in Canada, probably in the world too, but I don't know that the, the boards really understand their role in holding the organizational leaders accountable to very specific criteria, just like a coach does of an athlete, right? That uh, And that's all made public. This is public money, just like you said at the very beginning. Right. It's it's your membership fees, but it's any funding they get from the federal government is also taxpayer money. So oh, 100%. They, everybody needs to be accountable to the public of the Canadian society. Lots of cultural questions, uh, procedural questions to unfold uh, in concert with this court process going on with the five former World Juniors uh, team members facing those charges in London, Ontario. Professor Jennifer Walinga at Royal Roads University researching uh, sports culture issues, uh, former Olympian herself from uh, professional rowing uh, days there, a medalist in in those, uh, those experiences at Commonwealth Games and elsewhere. Uh, Dr. Walinga, thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Great questions. Thanks, Anthony. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. How's this going to unfold, these cultural questions and, and ramifications? I think right now what folks really want to know is is the details, too, of what's happening. And we know that the next hearing in that 2018 World Juniors Hockey Sex Assault case is to be held April 30th. So over two more months to go until we learn more details in all of this. And as Alex Pearson was saying when we were speaking about it earlier, I mean, uh, lives really caught in the mix on this, put on hold, whatever you think, who's ultimately innocent or guilty or what have you, an ordeal unfolding for these individuals as they defend themselves. The people are saying, we are innocent. Five of them pleading not guilty. And of course, the victim in all of this and what this means very much for her life as well. As we have the conversations about so much more related to the story, course, the question becomes what happens with their lives as well. And to what degree this will or won't be like a Jean Gomeshi case, because as Alex said, every, the details of everyone's personal life, past relationships, any sort of dirt that can be drudged up on any of these individuals is going to be drudged up. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be a nice experience for anyone involved. And will we, will we come out the other end of this sort of better in terms of Hockey Canada culture. I don't like that I'm uh, I'm paying dues for three kids in hockey and my money's going to this sort of stuff, like hush money payouts. Not good at all. 